Today's guest is known as the gender expert. She's an international speaker, four times best-selling author, radio show host, and she is known also as a transformational executive coach. I am so pleased to introduce to you my friend and my mentor, Judy Hoberman. Oh, thank you, Faith. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I'm so grateful that you're here. And I, am, I want to talk about leadership and all things, but first, let's lay the groundwork. Tell everyone what you do right now. Right now. So I am an executive coach. I am a trainer. I'm sales and leadership. I am a motivator, accountability partner, and most of all, I'm a connector. And I love to make sure that I connect the right people with the right people because you never know what that simple hello is going to do and what it's going to bring in return. And I can testify to that, that you're a very thoughtful connector. You don't just connect people. So I think that that makes all the difference, you know, especially when we're out there meeting so many people. Right. You don't want just a thousand connections coming into your inbox. Now, while you're working alongside leaders, and we'll get to the gender part too, <laughs> what are some commonalities that you're seeing that you have to really come alongside people? When are you motivating them? Do they, is it um, the kind of self-doubt that you have to address? Is it speaking up or confidence? Is there something that really stands out across the board? I think all of that stands out, um, but it's very interesting. It doesn't matter what industry, it doesn't matter what age, it doesn't matter where you're from, it doesn't matter any of that. People are, women especially, are struggling with time because time is our most limited resource. And so in that time, you have the imposter syndrome. I don't have time to learn this. I don't have time to do this. I'm not enough of this. So the time really encapsulates almost everything that we do. When I do surveys, the number one challenge people have is time. Number two comes down to confidence and imposter and all of that. But number one is always, I can't figure out this, you know, work-life balance thing, which of course we know there isn't one. But <laughs> but that's you know everybody's struggling to find this elusive thing. You know, where am I going to find this balance? How do I put this together? That is the number one struggle of all women, and men as well. But all women, no matter what it is, because I do things with you know, healthcare and financial services and, you know, crazy different industries, that's always number one. That's so, I, it does not surprise me at all. Well, um, and yeah. I love to tell myself that there is enough time in the day. Uh, but how do you, what tips do you have uh, on time? Is it time management or what word would you put on that? It could be time management, time structure, maximizing your time. It could be any of those. But the one thing you have to remember is time is about priorities. Mm -hmm. You have got to decide what do I have to get done and who do I have to take care of. And then the next part would be what would I like to do? What do I need to do? But not that I have to do. And once you figure out the have tos, those are your priorities. You know that you, you have to go to work. That's a priority. You have to take care of your children. That's a priority. So then you, you know, identify that and then you, you know, prioritize that list. So that's the biggest thing I would say is know your priorities. Mm -hmm. Once you do that, then you, you're pretty much on some kind of you know, level playing field with yourself because that's who you're struggling with. <clears throat> and it's not always about time management. A lot of it's managing yourself. It's not always saying, I don't have enough time. I do have enough time. I'm getting this done. I'm not getting this done. I'm organized. I'm not organized. Who, what, are we, what are we able to do? Because you only have control of what you're able to do, of what you choose to do. Mm. And it's about choices. 
So as specific as it sounded, you know, to just prioritize, I think the instinctive thing is, yes, well, and I have 27 priorities, especially as a working mother, you know, I can relate to so many people who just say, well, yeah, but I can't eliminate anything. All of these are must do's. So how do you help your clients or the leaders that you come alongside to really navigate and understand how to prioritize all those top priority things? Not everything is, has the same value of priority. And that's the first thing you have to realize that, yes, I have to get this report done. And yes, I have to do this. But what really, in what order, what date, what time? And that's the first way to do it. You know, for me, I have a list. I'm a list person. I love lists because I get to check things off. But I list things and then I go back and I prioritize them. I put the number, you know, this is number one, this is number two. It could be the date something's due. It could be the time of year, you know, all these different things. You can't have 27 things. You can't because you're not going to get them done. And you look at it and already you're saying to yourself, I'm overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to help you at all with maximizing your time or time structure or time management, whatever you want to call it. So for me, I just make sure I have the list. And this is what I always tell people. It's, it's a list. It's something that you control. And then you itemize and prioritize and you take care of one thing and knock it off your list. The other thing is you can't multitask because you think you're getting everything done, but nothing's getting done 100%. And if it's not 100%, you can't check it off. That's Ooh. my rule. <clears throat> so, it feels so good to check it off. That's right. <laughs> and that's what you want to do. You want to finish something completely so you can get on to the next. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that there is, we still have this culture that kind of glorifies multiple pursuits. So you a lot of times we'll see somebody in a daytime career with some kind of side hustle or multiple side hustles or entrepreneurs mm -hmm. that are chasing five different things. Is that okay? Is there a magic number to how many things people should be focusing on? And I mean, I can only imagine the pace that you can go when, cause that's basically multitasking. So do you have thoughts around that? Well, first I would say don't multitask. But second, I would say, you know, for me and for a lot of marketing people, so I'll tell you the number three. Everything should be around a number three. You can't physically, mentally, emotionally complete something when you have 27 things. So if you have three things, whether it's a side hustle, whether it's getting things done, I always do three. Like when I go to a networking event, I want to make sure I meet three people. Not one because it's too little, not five because it's too many, but three. You can do three. Everybody can do three. So when you go b above that, now you're going into this uncharted territory of, how am I going to get this done? I can't get this done. But if you had three and you wiped one out, you can always bring another one in. <laughs> Still three. Do they have to all be of the same type of focuses? It can't be because not everything is, is as important. Is there anything more important than your children? No. Okay. You can stop right there because when you try to put all these things together and say, well, I have all these things I have to get done and something happens where you get a call from the school and that says, you know, your, your child s scraped a knee and we think he needs stitches. Are you going to say, hang on, <laughs> I have two other things that are really important, so eh, I'm going to make that third. It's not. You can't. You, you know, this is all life. Life happens. And, you know, and life happens with you and to you and for you and all those other things, but it's priorities. And it's the choices you make to do your priorities. You know, you know me. I always say that family is number one. Family has to be number one. If somebody, somebody did something to my children, the curtain goes down, I'm done. That's my priority. I can't, I, I can't open that curtain up again because 
then I'm allowing myself to say, well, that really wasn't a priority. Mm. This was my priority, you know. Yeah, I can see that. Now, as the gender expert, you have a lot to say on what you're seeing between the two. And I, I love that uh, when you talk about your journey in working with both genders to support each other, um, there's a lot of humor in that. You have developed a lot of humor just around the thought processes of both sides. Is there something that really stands out to you that is actually very different or very much the same? So here's a profound statement. Men and women are different. <laughs> okay, funny, serious, okay. men and women are different. They are. Everything we do is different. We might have the same values. Mm. We might have the same results, but everything is different. The way we communicate, the way we ask questions, the way we buy, the way we sell, the way we work together, everything is different. When you look at the differences, nine times out of 10, maybe nine and a half times out of 10, the differences can be seen as assets rather than liabilities. You have a man who is very transactional, you have a woman who's very relational, or it could be opposite, but let's use that because that's where the numbers are. If you have a man that is very transactional and gets to the bottom line quicker, that might be something you need to learn. If you're a female and you're, you, know, you tell stories and you talk about all the relationships that you have and you're doing really well and successful, he might need to know that. So what if we put those together? And that's really what it is. It's really understanding that the differences are differences. No right, no wrong, no better, no worse. But take the differences and use them as assets. Is it enough to notice or do we need to put names on the different, the different things that are standing out between the two genders? Sometimes it's right there. It's so obvious. And sometimes it isn't. And so you have to say, I wonder why he did that. Or I wonder why she did that. But you know, you take shopping, for instance, you know, men will shop, they'll buy the thing that they need. And that's all they do. Women will shop and they'll buy everything that goes along with that, the you know, the dress, the necklace, the shoes, the everything, because we like the whole story. Mm -hmm. now, if a man walks into a store to buy a tie, he's buying a tie, he's not buying the shirt, he's not buying anything else. And you're thinking like, we're well, already here, why don't you just do the whole thing? It, it's not who they are. Their brains are wired differently. It's all different, but there's not, it, it's not right or wrong. So you just, you, you do the things that make sense. And again, it's about the choices that you make. I would say that for me in business, you know, a male leader is very different than a female leader. Very different. They have, you know, certain qualities that they're known for and, and women have the same qualities, but then some, mm. you know, we are more of the the people, the power skills, they're calling it now. It's not even people skills anymore or soft skills. It's now power skills. Oh, yeah, I know. I learned yeah. something. Yeah. So, you know, for, for a woman to be generous and empathetic and, you know, make sure that she's resilient and all of that, something that we have inherently, but we have to show it all the time. And we have to make sure that we're proving ourselves. A man might do that actually, you know, just naturally. And so you're thinking like, how does he do that? How is he able to, you know, get this, uh, you know, this advancement, this position? And I can't do that. So you learn from each other. So when you're coming alongside these leaders and you're seeing, you know, the differences between the two genders and you're probably so acutely sensitive to them because you've just seen so much of it. And when you're coming alongside these leaders, then do you ever see them and think, I wish that you learned this sooner. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, because it's like anything else. <clears throat> we're constantly learning, we're constantly growing. If I would have learned some of these things earlier, it would have been like 
Well, I, I actually, I should take that back. If I learned as much earlier, nobody would have listened to me. Mm. You know, <clears throat> but <clears throat> excuse me. But you know, you try to make sure that what you're doing makes sense for where you are. You know, whether it's your business, whether it's your home life, it has to be something that makes sense for me to go in and say to a man who is very successful, you're not, you're not communicating well. That would be ridiculous because mm -hmm. he obviously is doing something right. Right. But maybe there's a difference. Maybe there's something, have you ever thought of? Did you ever try this? Because there's plenty of men. I mean, a perfect example, financial services. So you have a male advisor and a couple goes in. He talks directly to this, the husband because he's the, he's the breadwinner. Doesn't ever talk to the wife. Doesn't even ask her opinion. Maybe says hello or you look cute today or something ridiculous, but doesn't do anything about the business end of it, mm -hmm. right? I still get calls from people, male producers, male advisors, that'll say, I lost another one today. I don't even have to go any further. I know exactly what happened. The man is no longer in the picture for whatever reason. She has no relationship and she finds somebody else. There's a perfect example of something that is not taught in school. It's not taught in training. And I try to make sure that both men and women understand how to talk to each other. And that's, I mean, if you do it once and you lose it, do you think that it's a lesson? Now, I know you don't work with children, but you do have children of I your do. own. Mm -hmm. And I think adults are just, you know, bigger the children. children. <laughs> so what tips would you give to parents that you want to, you know, share with them some leadership concepts some priority concepts. How can we start shoring our kids up now so that they can have um, a sensitivity to their priorities or maybe even a sensitivity or an awareness of what their skills are as compared to their peers and not a I'm better, you're better type of thing, but just an awareness of those. Do you have tips for parents? I, well, I would say more for, you know, for parents of children that are open and willing to learn you know because sometimes you're trying to teach your children things that they just don't understand why you're trying to do this mm -hmm. but the the truth of the matter is that um, little boys and little girls still have those stereotypical gender roles which we shouldn't have anymore we really shouldn't because girls can do almost anything boys can do boys can do almost everything girls can do and i think you have to encourage creativity when you create courage creativity there's a lot of different lessons that are learned. You're letting somebody's brain just take a magic carpet ride and say, wow, this is really cool. I could do this. I want to be you know, an astronaut. And when I was growing up, that would be absurd because a girl would never be an astronaut. But I also, you know, and you know that, you know, I've worked on the point system and I encourage like what you're doing right now with your book is brilliant because I did it for myself as an adult. I didn't have anybody to teach me the differences between how men do it and how women do it. I had to come up with my own ideas of how to get more business, how to be more relational, things like that, that I had to teach myself. There wasn't any, there's no, there's no course in that. There wasn't any. So I just did my own thing and motivated myself. So when I read your book, your manuscript, I'm thinking, this, this is like me growing up. <laughs> Because it's, it makes sense. You encourage people to do the right things. You encourage people to do things that are positive. And that's what I think that parents should be teaching their kids. Understand how to do positive things with the choices that you make. And I think how much more of an advantage you have when you already had that intrinsic motivation to succeed on your own. 
that's so powerful. I wish there was a way that we could really make sure that we teach that or help kids discover that in themselves. It's something that you know the parents have to learn. So if you if you can teach the parents how to teach their children, because I, that's what I taught my children. You know, I taught them that you go for you know whatever it is that you're looking to do and figure out what the goal is and figure out what the expectations are from everybody else and work your way backwards. If you knew that you wanted to buy X, Y, and Z, what did you need? When my kids were growing up and they were learning how to drive, they had to buy their car. They mm. had to buy their car. I mean, that's how it was. And so they worked. And so the more that they worked, the more positive reinforcement they got about what they were doing, but also about themselves, that they knew that they could take care of themselves. Not 100%, because that wasn't the, the, the journey for them, but I wanted to make sure that they knew that that was a big responsibility. And I used, you said the word goal, and it made me realize you're really setting their sights on something, mm -hmm. so they have a clear vision of what they want, and then working backwards to find out what they need to do in order to get there. I think that's a, an incredible key to finding mm -hmm. their intrinsic motivation. And then you also know that when you start at the end and you work your way backwards, that big number that you need isn't so big when you're working it from here. Okay, I need to do this in 12 months, so I only need to do this every month, every week, every day, every hour, whatever it is. And I think that also helps them because they're looking at a big number and they're thinking, I can never do this. Oh, right. I can never the do apathy. This. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it's, it's worked for me. It's worked for my children. It's worked for so many, you know, people that I've trained and I've done work with because it's, again, it's about priorities, it's about choices, it's about boundaries, it's about saying no, it's about saying yes, it's about all of these things. When you get all these things right, then what you need doesn't seem so far-fetched. It doesn't seem like, I can never do this, I can never be this, I can never get this, I can never have this. Powerful. I am so grateful for your insight and your perspective. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for having me.